Hello and welcome. This is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukrainewall.org. My name is Vladimir Yermolenko. I'm chief editor of ukrainewall.org. Today we will try to talk philosophically with Ukrainian philosopher Vachtan Kibuladze. Hello, Vachtan. Hello. We are in Kiev. We are making this podcast uh, hearing the aviation Syrians, which are telling us that there they can be an attack, but Kyiv dwellers are already more or less accustomed to it. Ukraine World podcast, Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the biggest Ukrainian media NGOs. Uh, before we start, don't forget to uh, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ukraine World. Today we will try to talk about Russia and Ukraine, about some philosophical, historical and political issues. So uh, the whole world is asking the question, Vartang, what is wrong with Russia? What is wrong with Russia? <laughs> I would say everything is wrong with Russia. And uh, the main issue, I would say um, probably it's, it's a paradox of modern world that Russia doesn't exist at all. Uh, Russia doesn't exist as political nation. Uh, Russia is a great empire, yeah, but it's not a political nation at all. And these events uh, show it, show it for us. Uh, there is no political nation in Russia. There is no, there is a um, state, the state, the power, uh, and the population. Can say that Russia uh, has its own citizens and uh, their civil society, the political nations, the idea of these political nations. Uh, that's why it's uh, it's nothing. It's it's absent of life. It's it's death. And it's interesting that. Uh Despite all that, Russia is trying to, Russia is now invading Ukraine and show the extreme cruelty. So I cannot explain, well, basically we will try to explain this, uh, but this shelling of residential areas, these missiles into the downtowns of the cities, of Russian-speaking cities like Kharkiv. We remember like a week ago there was this missiles attack on, on Kharkiv. And um, the shelling of maternity houses where pregnant women are giving birth to children and that we know that some, some of them died recently in Mariupol. This extreme cruelty with regard to Mariupol, also a Russian-speaking city, and uh, now reports are saying that over 2,000 people in Mariupol are dead. So how do you explain this extreme cruelty? Uh, I am absolutely agree with you that it's uh, extreme cruelty, and I would say that it's new level and new, new type, new kind of cruelty in, in the modern world. And basically, uh, the roots of this cruelty uh, in uh, the new, new type of Nazism, the Russian Nazism. We can use this word. I can. Uh, we can use this word. Uh, Russism, yeah, I sh I am sure that we should use it in even in uh, scientific dis discourse. Uh, and what is the difference between uh, the traditional Nazism, so to speak, and this new Nazism? It's dehumanization of the subject of these nations. That, that means that, for example, the German Nazism in the 20th century. 
dehumanized uh, the Jewish people, for example, but uh, the German people was übermenschen, yeah, Superman. For Russian Nazism, the Russian people are not people at all. They do not have any value. Therefore, yeah. we are saying that they are sending their soldiers, and do not really do not really care of taking them, Absolutely. taking the bodies. Yeah. Back. Absolutely, it, it, it was it, it was cruelty against its own populations, against its own people, it's against its own soldiers, and it means that not only for the Russian state, the Russian people are not people, but for them, it's themselves. They are not people at all. They they uh, don't feel themselves like uh, normal people. Yeah. So when some some analysts are saying that look, they are bombing uh, civilians because they they try to provoke uh, a basic outflow of citizens, like pragmatic approach that, that they they tested in Syria, for example, bomb cities as much as possible, bomb hospitals, bomb schools to create a feeling of panic that nobody is protected, and even in such cities as Kiev, which was which is bombed with which is shelled but not that heavily, we see that it creates this you know a feeling of panic and many people are leaving. But you're saying that it's not only this pragmatic, uh, pragmatic attitude. It's also the kind of a, this dehumanizing approach even to its own citizens. We see the reports that in Belarus there are so many dead Russian soldiers in morgues, and nobody cares about them. Nobody makes the 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 calculation, and they are being fired from the army before the let's say on the date pre-war dates. So what's what's happening? Why they do not care even about their own citizens? Cause, because it's a real evil, yeah. And I would say that it's it's a great challenge for all our civilization, not on on, on not only for um, Western civilization, not only for Europe, but for uh, humankind at all. And uh, probably it's also a challenge for Christianity, because we think that evil is uh, some kind of absent of good. Yeah, but now we see that evil can exist in this world, and it's not only Putin; it's Russia, Russian soldiers who killed us, who killed themselves, who leave their their soldiers on the fields of Ukraine it's a real evil and it it's 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 very it's very dangerous it's really dangerous for all humankind not only for Ukraine and for or for Europe how would you interpret what what is going on right now if i tell you that russians are showing the symptoms of a wounded empire so we, we saw the symptoms before in the 20th century we saw it in italian fascism in german nazism when these nations felt that there is some empire behind their backs, they lost it, and they tried to regain it with, with huge cruelty, with, with huge end of war, with huge vertically integrated state, and Russia is trying to do the same. Therefore, the, the, the loss of Ukraine is so painful for it, so it tries to bring it back with, with extreme cruelty. But basically, it shows its its uh, its weakness because 
uh, it cannot bring Ukraine back with soft means, with, uh, you know, with uh, taking back the Ukrainian hearts and minds, although they have all the capacity to do that, they had at least in the past. Would you agree with this, um, like, interpretation that this is kind of the last attempt of this wounded empire to bring uh, its greatness back and uh, therefore it's, it, it is doomed for failure? Yeah, I would say, yeah, because uh, this expansion, this uh, cruel expansion is is a signal and symptom of, of death of empire. And it was idea uh, by um, Arnold Toynbee, the author of uh, Study of History, uh, that this expansion normally uh, just looks like a power of empire. But uh, really, it's it's uh, the end and the death of empire. First of all, uh, on on the one hand. On the other hand, it's it's a great difference between Russia and uh, uh, I would say the traditional empires, yeah, like uh, Spain or Great Britain, because Russia has all uh, colonies in the body of empire. And it's a great problem for for Russia itself, where can stop the destruction of empire? I don't know. Yeah. For, so if the, know, if, if the empire has its colonies in the bodies with no clear cut borders, yeah. you can ask a question. Okay, if and that's what Russians are afraid of. Because, well, Belarusians, Ukrainians have gone, they think. They try to bring Belarusians back. But what, what about Tatarstan? What about... Yeah, of uh, course. What about uh, Komi? What about uh, Tuva? What about some... What about Chechnya? Chechenian or, people, yeah. It's, uh, yeah now there we see that there are the soldiers of Russia, the cruel soldiers of Russia. But it's today. What will be tomorrow? We don't know. Exactly, and 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 therefore they they are really afraid of this uh, of this collapse, right? Um, but uh, do you do you really perceive this kind of this kind of war as the, as the last attempt of the empire to to regain itself? <laughs> I want hope. Yeah, it's uh, the contraspam spero. Yeah, we we should hope that it's the last attempt, but it's I don't know. I can I can see. Because uh, mm, it seemed to us, for example, in uh, for eight years that it was last attempt. Yeah, Crimea, our eastern regions. Yeah, and uh, it was. Now we see that it was only the first step of this invasion. Yeah, and uh, if they, if we don't stop them here where they go then after after Ukraine we don't know they clearly say that they're waging a war against NATO not yeah. against Ukraine yeah and uh, I think NATO, NATO should be prepared but uh, when NATO countries are saying that they're afraid of the World War three the key thing is that Russia should be stopped in Ukraine and uh, Ukrainians are making huge heroic resistance uh, so that not to lead Russia farther but unfortunately there are 
many information, much information coming from Russia saying that, well, they really did not expect the Ukrainian resistance at this level. They really suffer from sanctions and uh, Western sanctions, and they, they can suffer much more in the coming months. And they will try to raise the stakes. And raising the stakes for them is either like a huge disaster that they can provoke, like nuclear disaster. They are controlling the Chernobyl nuclear power plant and uh, Zaporizhia, Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Or they can strike one of the NATO countries. What do you think? Is it, is it real? I don't know, because uh, as, as I said, it's a new level and, and it's new kind of evil and cruelty. That's why we cannot predict the, the new steps of Russia. But we should stop them now. Yeah, it's it's only it's only one possible decision for for us, for all of us, not for not only for Ukrainian, but for the all people in Europe and the, in, in all over the world. What would you say to those uh, people in the world who cherish Russian culture, who are <laughs> saying that look, there is a great Russian literature, there is Pushkin, Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, there is great Russian ballet, there is great Russian music, great composers. I don't know what else. What do you? What would you say? To I them? would say that all Russia's culture, so to speak, yeah, culture, is uh, is. Is is kind of poison, yeah. It's it's also a weapon against against people, and if we read, for example, Pushkin, yeah, uh, we we can see that uh, his literature, his poems are very xenophobic against Ukrainian, against Caucasian people, yeah, and uh, I would say that Pushkin is proto-Nazi, proto-fascism, yeah. His literature is not is not his poetry is as i say it is very xenophobic that's why i think that uh, we cannot uh, we can say that okay putin is uh, bad yeah it's it's evil yeah but we have a great russian culture no putin it's not a product of uh, of uh, of the cosmic evil yeah Pro Putin is the product of Russian, of Russian history, of Russian culture, of Russian literature, of of Russian world, of of Russian style of life. Yeah, and we should understand that the, the Russian literature, the Russian religious philosophy, the Russian Orthodox Church, uh, are also the part of this. Of this evil, of this, and danger. it's important. Well, uh, it's it's important. Of course, there are different tracks in Russian culture. I think we should also talk about dissidents. We should talk about uh, the Jewish writers. We should talk about those writers who are all also uh, put in, in in prisons. Uh, there are different various elements, but. Indeed, there are many, many elements that we should be very careful about. And when you talk about Pushkin, well, for, for Ukrainians, it's quite a, a big suspicious poet because Ukrainians know his poem Poltava, which was an answer to George Gordon Byron's po poem about Mazepa. But while Mazepa in Byron is a good, good guy, good hero, Mazepa is a Ukrainian hetman who challenged the Peter Peter the first in the early uh, 18th century 
Pushkin is portraying Ukrainians as bloody bandits um, and uh, uh, and basically perverse people because Mazepa is a, is a traitor, but not only traitor to the Tsar, but also traitor, moral traitor, because he tries to seduce a very young, young, beautiful lady. And um, and and we see this this line actually, you know, downgrading other nations, downgrading. So the colonial literature. You uh, you mentioned um, previously. I remember this Edward Said quote that uh, culture is a field of struggle. So in the in this sense, what strikes me is how much uh, people in the world globally studied Western colonialism or what uh, Said calls Orientalism. So the you know the uh, the this kind of exotization of the other just to marginalize him, how little it was done to study Russian colonialism. But we have a very good book, yeah, uh, by Eva Thompson, Rush Rush uh, Imperial Knowledge, Russian Literature and Imperialism, and uh, she started with Pushkin, yeah. From Pushkin, Lermontov, uh, from 19th century BC to the end of uh, of uh, 20th century, and she analyzed the Russian literature, and she she shows us that all these uh, roots of hate are there in 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 Russian literature and in Russian culture. So we can use this uh, methodology by Edward Said, this idea that uh, the culture is the field of struggle also to to the Russian to, to the Russian culture and to the Russian literature. But I think there is a one uh, important distinction is that Orientalism is basically trying to show the other as very different, very other, very exotic, and therefore kind of a m- m- marginal, while Russians are were trying to say in many aspects that, well, the cultures that they colon they have been colonizing are basically the same as Russian culture. So the, 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 it was not only colonization narrative; it was also assimilation narrative. It was also a struggle against identity. So your identity, uh, it's not something, for example, racial identity that you you will always keep with you, and therefore you will be always marginalized. It's like a message that you can renounce your identity because you're Ukrainian as well, you're close to us, you speak uh, the same language. So, well, as, as they think, that you should better renounce your language, your music, your culture, speak our language, and you will be ours. Uh, and therefore, I think this this explains why, for example, in current Russian propaganda, we see many people from different cultures, people like Armenians, Georgians, you know, they, they're right now they're leading their roles over people. But from they lose their roots. They of lose course. their identities. Yeah. They're they're Russians, yeah, and they speak Russian language. And the Russian language today is is uh, speech of hate, and they used to to do it. Yeah. So, and this idea, this idea that you can easily uh, lost your identity. And to, to choose another one, it's also a very dangerous idea. That means that we can uh, easily lose all feature of human being. Yeah, we can reduce our existence to to biological level. Yeah, and then probably uh, receive new 
identity. But it is a great mistake, because yeah? if you reduce uh, the human being just for the biological level, he lost the human being at all. That's what Soviet Union was trying to yeah, say, of course, right? To, yeah. to co construct this Soviet people, who basically Soviet people should have forgotten their their past, their traditions, their religion. Uh, they should should have uh, adopt one common identity of you know proletariat history. All their national history should should have been uh, replaced with the single history of the party of the Communist Party and the history of the proletariat. But it didn't work actually. It works, and it's danger. Yeah, we know the Soviet past. Yeah, we know the Soviet people. What does mean Soviet people? Yeah, it's it's very dangerous. What would you say to those people in the West who are saying that look, we should reconcile Ukrainians and Russians? There are in cultural uh, area uh, sphere there are lots of these initiatives. Uh, we would make an evening, a liter literature evening. We would invite a Russian, a Ukrainian, of course, a Russian who would be critical of Putin, and Ukrainian poet, Russian poet, so that they read their literature and show that behind all these atrocities of the Russian army in Ukraine, there is some deeper possibility of dialogue. What would you say to, to I those I would people? say Putin is enemy of our present, and uh, Russian liberals and these people who think that he, they can speak with Russian liberals and Russian artists and use the Russian culture for for peaceful for peaceful co coexistence of the different nations, for example, Ukrainian and Russian nations, uh, they are the enemies of our future. They are the enemies of our children, because Russia cannot exist. Uh, Russia can exist only like an empire, aggressive and very dangerous empire. That's why we we should deconstruct the whole idea of of this great Russia culture, uh, and only in, in this way we can uh, we can uh, bring peace. To the Ukrainian cities and to Europe and all over the world. It's not uh, for me. It's not like deconstructing this great Russian culture, but we, we should approach the Russian culture as the whole world approaches critically to any other culture. Like yeah. as as I said, why do we have tons of literature about Western colonialism in Western literature, but very little? is still done uh, with regard to Russian literature, Russian filmmaking. For example, right now we have all this series of Russian propaganda filmmaking. So uh, I think the, the illusion that many in the West are, are having is that Russians, uh, Russia is a nation, is a nation state. And they do not understand that Russia is the last empire in Europe. And that uh, this trend of collapsing empires started, for example, in uh, in the First World War, collapse of the Habsburg Empire, Ottoman Empire, Russian Empire, that then it was reborn, German Empire, that it was reborn. In the Second World War, these two empires clashed, then German Empire finally collapsed. And thanks to this collapse of the empires, we have now European Union, the... Uh, 
many of these countries of the European Union are actually former empires, not a nation state. So they, they also went through a very difficult process of, you know, turning into the nation states, then turning into the integration project. And Russia was myopically perceived as a nation state and not as an empire. Uh, and therefore, the empire, which uh, which is historically should go through the same, basically process of uh, of decolonization, of deimperialization, and therefore, in the Russian propaganda, you have uh, so much disgust for this uh, the the very idea of the decolonization. Therefore, they hated so much the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, because they were showing to the West that, look, your de-imperialization, decolonization was the wrong path. Look at these colonized people. They are now going against you. And we will not make this mistake. I think that that was also one of the uh, reasons for their doing right now. What do you think? Oh, many questions. Uh, the first, first of all, I would see is it the first first of all uh yeah uh, the russia is not as i say political political nation yeah and uh, na national state uh, and uh, many people all over the world perceive russia as national state but it is a wrong it is it's a mistake it's wrong yeah uh, the second question is it possible at all uh, for russia to be a national state, uh, to create a real political nation. I am not sure that it's possible at all. Yeah? Uh, and it's a great danger, because yeah? if we have so many people near Europe, near our civilization, who cannot create a real political nation, we should ask ourselves, okay, what should be later on this territory. Yeah? And you know this my idea that Russia is not a civilization at all, it's a shadow civilization, it's a shadow of European and Western civilization. It, it repeats all form of our Western civilization, but uh, like a shadow. In a distorted way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, That's why the future of Russia for me is is a future of darkness, yeah, and I'm I'm afraid of that. I I cannot predict what it will be, but I'm not sure that it's possible at all to create the real political nation with its with political institutions, culture, and so on. Do you think that Ukrainians, Ukrainian resistance right now puts the Russian Russia in, in danger? Because we understand that this huge empire, if it tries to make a very quick victorious war and if it fails, that basically creates huge problems for, the, for it because uh, it loses legitimacy. Do you for, think for empire? Yeah, but it would be a great challenge for Russian people. And they should be find the answer if they can to create the real if they can create the real nation, yeah? not empire, but the real political nations. It's, it's a great challenge for Russian people, and it, it's good. 
I think that it's it's way to 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 to, to the new world. Yeah, to to the new world, uh, not only for us but for for Russian people also. So you do you 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 believe that one day Russians will be a democratic nation, like at least mm. like Ukraine. I don't know. I don't know. I can't predict it. Because my problem with that is that uh, Ukrainians do have a democratic tradition. Uh, we uh, we talk about it a lot. Uh, Ukrainians do have a culture with huge European political influences with. Uh, for example, the autonomous cities with autonomous communities, the so-called German law, Magdeburg law, with um, uh, Western influences in, in education, Latin literature, literature in Latin, influences of Catholicism, of Protestantism, etc. Whereas Russia is, is not really subject to these influences. So, by the way, it's interesting that many of them were going through Ukrainian territory, right? Okay, uh, okay. But well, it's not our problem, I would say. Yeah, it's a problem of Russian people. Yeah, well, it can be a problem of, of the whole world. Yeah. Okay, we will finish on that. Uh, we will try to analyze Russia a little bit. I, I hope in one of the our next episodes, of course, we will talk about Ukraine and why Ukraine is so resistant. What are the, the, the roots of Ukrainian resistance? Uh, what is Ukrainian political culture? We talked with Vahtan Kibuladze, a well-known Ukrainian philosopher um, and professor at Kyiv uh, Taras Shevchenko National University. My name is Vladimir Yermolnko. I'm chief editor at ukraineworld.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, to our podcasts on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ukraineworld. Stay with us. 